You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to the podcast today. I am so incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. We have uh, seen a huge spike in downloads over the last two or three weeks. I mean, literally uh, thousands of people listening to this podcast on a regular basis. We've also had a bunch of reviews, and so thank you so much. I think we've got 45 five-star reviews on iTunes, and those are a big, big help to us. So if you are a regular listener of the podcast or you've been listening the last few days and you really uh, enjoy what you've listened, been listening to and you feel like it's a blessing, can you do me a huge favor, particularly if you are listening to this uh, on an iPhone or iPad, you're using the podcast app, or you're using iTunes on your desktop, can you head over and leave us a review? Just got to do a quick search on iTunes or in the podcast app. Uh, search for us. It'll pull up our, our profile page for theology for the rest of us. Leave a five-star review. Leave a few words there. Let the world know how much you love the podcast. And that is a huge, huge help to us in pushing up, pushing us up the search rankings and helping us reach more people. So if you do that, that would be a big, big help to the podcast. Thank you in advance. All right, let's dive into the meat of today's episode. Very important question. I've been asked this a bunch of times uh, over my life in ministry over the last decade or so, and that is, what is sin? Like, a lot of people even know, generally speaking, what sin is, but sometimes people are like, they want to know precisely, can you give me a quality definition of sin? Sometimes it's because people are doing something they're not sure is sinful or not. Um, and then sometimes people just want to have a better, deeper understanding as to why things are, are right or wrong. And so that's the reason why the question gets asked. But regardless of your motivation for, for, for asking this question, if you're someone that's asked this, um, I want to give you a quality biblical response. There are a bunch of different words uh, in the Bible, in the original languages, that we translate into our modern English word, sin. Right, just a reminder, the Bible was not written in contemporary English. It was written mostly in Hebrew and Koine Greek, with a small portion be, being written in Aramaic. So we have three separate original languages in which the Bible was written. Uh, and there's a lot of different words that relate to sin, but we translate all of them using the same word. We only have kind of one major word for the topic of sin. Uh, but as you examine all of those words in the original languages, all of them in one way or another kind of refer to the idea of missing the mark, right? That God has a standard or a target that, that he has set for us. There's, a, there's a, a standard he wants us to meet, or there's a target that he wants us to hit. In fact, our English word sin has its roots in an archery term, an old English word uh, in the, you know, dur- during kind of the Middle Ages and medieval times. Uh, sin was a word that referred to an archer missing the mark. So, we, you know, someone was in archery to have their bow and arrow. They're looking at a target. They let go of the, the, the arrow and the arrow doesn't quite hit the target that they were hoping to hit. In that case, it would be said that the archer had sinned or he had committed an act of sin because he had missed the mark, right? That's what the term originally means. So when we say that someone has sinned, we're in essence saying that they have missed the, the mark that God has set. They have missed the standard that they were supposed to hit. So that, so that begs the question, what is the target or what is the standard that God has set for us? And, and it is this, 
that we would reflect him and his character and his nature perfectly. God wants us to look like him. We, we, we believe that we were created in the image of God. Theologians call this the Imago Dei. This means that we were created with elements of God in us, that we look like God. And that doesn't mean just necessarily physically speaking, but rather in our character and our giftings and our skills and our personalities, that we look like God. The idea is that God took portions of himself and he indwells it in humanity. This is the Imago Dei, that I can look at you and say, oh, you have this really cool gifting or characteristic. That comes from God. So the standard that we are to meet is to continually reflect God, that people could look at us and the way we respond, the way we behave, the way we act, the way we think, the the way we uh, correspond with people, that people would look at us and say, man, that person looks a lot like God. When we talk about the concept of glorifying God, that's what we mean, that we would live our lives in such a way that people would see elements of God in us, that people would know what God looks like by simply examining our lives. If we're doing that well, if we're imaging God well, reflecting God well, we are then glorifying God. We're making him famous by making his characteristics famous. And anytime that we don't perfectly reflect him, then we have sinned. Anytime we think a thought that doesn't reflect the way God thinks, we have sinned. Anytime we take an action that is contrary to how God would have acted, then we have sinned. Anytime that we have words come out of our mouth that are contrary to what God would have said or contrary to how God would have said it, we have sinned. Anytime we behave toward a certain person or correspond with a person contrary or differently to the way God would do it, we have sinned. Anytime we even have inclinations that are different than what God would have, then we have sin. Anytime we don't perfectly reflect him and his character and his nature, we are not glorifying him properly. This is why Paul says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the whole point. It's like all of us have committed actions that, that bring us below the standard that, we're, that we were called to set. All of us have done things that doesn't hit the mark perfectly. And the mark that God has set is for us to reflect him. Now, in addition to that, as we study the original languages, the, the, the word sin in the original languages, we also learn a variety of different things. Typically, sin falls into two main categories, two kind of big buckets. One is this thing called transgression, and the other one is this thing called iniquity. And as you read through the Bible, you see these two particular words being used, and, and they all they both relate to forms of sin. Transgression is the actual action of sin, right? So if I were to take a gun out and shoot someone in the head and murder them, that would be sinful. I have transgressed against that person. That is a transgression. Iniquity is different. Iniquity is a thing inside of me that gave me the desire to do that and the willingness to commit that sin. So iniquity is like a spiritual cancer. It's it's like a disease in my soul, ravaging my soul, causing me to want evil things and causing me to be willing to commit evil actions. So transgression is the act that is caused by iniquity. 
And both of these are bad and wrong, clearly. But when we say, uh, what is sin? It's not just a list of bad things. Like, what is sin? People will say, well, uh, committing a transgression. But no, no. Sin is bigger than just committing a transgression. Sin is actually having something inside of you that causes you to outwardly transgress. Sin is alive and well in the human soul. And the problem is, is that it breaks our desires. God creates all of us with quality desires that, that would reflect him well, that would glorify him well. But because of sin, our desires are broken. And even the, the things we desire or the way in which we desire things doesn't reflect him well. Even our broken desires can be labeled as sinful because, they, because our desires oftentimes are not aligned with the way God desires things. So much of the human soul is ravaged and destroyed because of sin. We sin way more often than we realize it, and we sin in a way that is far more offensive to God than we could ever possibly understand. And that is why the cross is such a big deal. That sin is devastating and damaging and and brings separation between us and God and has major consequences both in this life and in our eternity. But God, motivated with incredible love for us, he creates a pathway for us to be rescued from the consequences of our own sin and for the the chasm between us and God to be corrected. Sin is so bad, it makes it impossible for us to fully reflect God well in any way whatsoever. But God, motivated by incredible love, stepped in and made a way that the sin problem could be corrected and that we could have friendship with God. And that way is by Jesus. What an incredible, powerful truth. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I sure hope it's been helpful and insightful. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to have directly addressed on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email and I promise that we will address every single email that we get. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me, the best place to do that is actually on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up the Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs>